Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, over the break, I got word that we have, in fact, confirmed a conversation to take place here on this program with Chris Peterson, running for governor against Spencer Cox. He will be here with us just after 2 o'clock on Thursday, the day of the big uh, debate. We'll ask him about this civility PSA and how things have been going for him on the campaign trails. We peel back the curtain a little bit uh, as part of our periodic segment called A Day in the Life. All right, uh, COVID-19 testing has become a part of our daily life for some. Nurses across Utah at the start of the pandemic switched over to testing at drive-in testing locations. As of today, uh, Utah has tested approximately 986,000 people. Uh, That number is an increase of 5,700 approximately from yesterday, which is interesting because we have been seeing larger numbers on the the daily testing figures. Uh, I wonder uh, what the reason for the dip was there, maybe, uh, and hopefully just anomalous, and we get those testing numbers back up uh, tomorrow. Uh, the, The DAISY Award is something that is given to extraordinary nurses. It was created to ensure that nurses know how deserving they are of society's profound respect for the education, training, brain power, and skills that nurses put into their work, and especially for caring uh, with which they deliver, uh, for the caring, rather, that they bring to the job each day. From the inception of the Test Utah program, nurse Cassie Stockwell worked extra shifts in the testing tents over days, weeks, and months since the opening of Test Utah's first testing site. She was dedicated full-time to the effort of testing fellow state citizens for COVID-19. She sacrificed working in the hospital's float pool, which would allow her to be inside in the air conditioning. Instead, she opted to work outside in sometimes unbearable 100-degree-plus weather in full protective gear. Uh, Nurse Cassie rearranged her life to fill shifts, train new workers, all to great effect in helping the local Utah community. Going above and beyond during the pandemic, putting her own comfort and convenience aside with a cheerful attitude, working over 100 shifts and swabbing, get this, get this, Nurse Cassie has swabbed over 20,000 noses, uh, and she is the recipient of the DAISY Award and joins me now. Uh, Nurse Cassie, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm, I'm well, and I'm honored to be speaking with you, but I, I do feel a little bad as, uh, as the, you know, since you and I are speaking, I'm taking you away from the, the good work that you have been doing over the past number of months. Uh, but if it gives you if it gives you a break from swabbing noses, I'm I'm happy to provide that respite. That's right. That's right. I I was just wondering who put me in the schedule right behind the lieutenant governor. That's, that's like 
speaking <laughs> right after an apostle or something, you know, oh kind of nervous. Oh my! <laughs> no, I think I think after I think after swabbing twenty thousand noses, you may have developed certain skills that allow you to, to just barge into any situation. You. There you go. Yes, I have uh, explored uh, quite a few noses. I'm, in fact, I came home and I called my son, who's a truck driver, and I I was like, "Hey, guess what? I just got an award for swabbing twenty thousand noses." And he's like, "Mom, you just got the best, you know, award for being the best nose picker." And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> you can pick your nose. Who you wants can pick to have that?" That's right. That's, that's pretty good. What right. was uh? Talk to me about how this all started. What was the process like for you as a nurse, someone who's been in this field for some time? Uh, you develop certain you know traditions and expectations that uh, and certain norms that go into the job. What was it like when COVID nineteen showed up and you had to change the, the entire way you went about doing your job? Right. Well, I think we all were, you know, pretty much the same: anxious, panicked little bit like what do we do to prepare you know getting everything wor- worked up at the hospital we're going to have this big influx of people and then all of a sudden it, it didn't really happen you know we were we were all geared up and and then it kind of piddled out and we were and then we also didn't have our elective surgeries mm. that were happening at the hospital right did, did, so, did that impact you yeah, was that something you did yeah. often did, did that impact you um, the elective I, surgeries yeah, yeah, it definitely did because we didn't want COVID coming in. And so all of that was shut down right there at mm-hmm. the first, you know. And uh, being concerned that we were going to be trans- um, transmitting COVID from patient to patient, we wanted to make sure that wasn't going to happen. So, you know, and and so us as nurses started seeing a possibility that we weren't going to get our hours, our shifts. And, and um but you know what? Timpanogos was great. They and HCA right there at the first, they even came out and said, you know what? We are not going to have this affect your income. And they basically uh, reassigned us to a lot of different areas. Some of us cleaned hospitals, you know, got, yeah. you know, organized closets that haven't been organized for a while. You know, it was a great time. And um, I opted to go out to the tents. Um, I don't sew masks well, but I sure know how to nasal flop. So <laughs> I went out, we, I went out to the tent. We've we've seen we've seen so many news footage. You know, th- those of us who haven't been tested. I did accompany my wife. She got tested, uh, came back negative, thankfully. So I've I've seen the yeah. test administered. Uh, I've I've heard it can be painful. What what's it like administering that test? Um, you know, the first thing when somebody comes in, we've got all these cones lined up trying to lead you to the right direction. Boy, we, sometimes we just watch people just coming in nervous and doing those cones like it was an obstacle course, you know, trying to get in. And the best thing I could do to, to get them to just calm down and be okay that this is going to be a short time. You know, a lot of times I would tell them a story, you know, like. Hey, have you been swimming in a swimming pool before? And you know when you get that chlorine water up your nose, and they'd be all, "Oh yeah, yeah," you know, and and you'd be like, "Well, that's what it's going to feel like for a short time, just a short time, and then it goes away." And it kind of relieves them, you know, relieves the anxiety and lets them know that 
we're all missing together. Yeah. <laughs> have you had to? And so, yeah. Have you had to? I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but have You're you fine. had to You're distance so yourself from your family at all, or have you, what type of precautions do you take yourself oh. so that you're not bringing it back into your own home? Right. You, right. you quite That's literally are on thing. the front line. Um, right. And, you know, Timpanoas also um, provide us for to go into hotels. If we felt like we needed to, we could do that. Mm. Um, I didn't feel like that I needed to. I do have a special needs daughter. She's trait, uh, only has 25% of her lungs. Mm. There's a good chance if she gets COVID that she wouldn't make it through it. And so it was a big choice for us. Do I go out at the tent or do I work in the hospital too? You know, and um, we decided that it was going to be okay. We just prayed and had hope. And I just made sure that I took extra precaution, wore the PPE like we're supposed to, washed hands. Um, when I got home, make sure that I cleaned up well. I had a really good friend of mine that was a physician and he says, you know, COVID sticks like Velcro, but it washes good. So mm. that's what we just have done. We've just protected ourselves, um, and that's all you can do. That's all. That's what all everybody can do. You know, we not only just COVID, but with my daughter, the flu can do the same thing. Uh, you know, a cold could do the same thing. So we're always. It was more like welcome world to our life. You know, and we, that's just how we work, and that's how we function. Yeah. But that's what we've done. Uh, we've been speaking with uh, Nurse Cassie Stockwell, a nurse at Timpanogos Regional Hospital, and this year's recipient of the DAISY Award, uh, which honors extraordinary nurses who have gone above and beyond. And uh, Nurse Cassie, you certainly have gone above and beyond, uh, swabbing over 20,000 noses. And as I've had these uh, few short minutes to speak with you, uh, I have come to understand why uh, folks feel so comfortable in your care. You have a cheery and a comforting disposition, uh, and I admire you for that, and I thank you for the work that you're doing. And wish you and your family, in particular your daughter, best of luck going forward. Yes, and all of us. You know, we all are in the fight together. Um, You know, and the opportunity that we have just to be able to drive up somewhere and to get a test and not have to make an appointment at a doctor's office, not worried about taking time off of work. You know that it's going to be short and quick and you're going to get results fast. That's priceless to me. And, you know, and Test Utah has done that. Timpanogos has made that happen. Um, our government is is help funding that. It's amazing how we're coming together as a community, really. Yeah. The, the medicine and the science really is a, a miracle. Thanks again for your time, Nurse Cassie. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. When we return, uh, we're going to continue our focus on the coronavirus, specifically speaking with a representative from the Red Cross. It turns out that uh, the Red Cross is very keen to inform you that the flu and the coronavirus have some pretty distinct differences and present very unique challenges. What are those and how can we combat them? We'll find out from the Red Cross next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. 
I'm Andrea Smartin, and my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.